kids, I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. Kids, who can understand anything they say? Kids, they are disobedient, disrespectful oafs. Noisy, crazy, sloppy, lazy loafers. While we're on the subject, kids, you can talk and talk to your faces blue. Kids, but they still do just what they want to do. Why can't they be like we were, perfect in every way? What's the matter with kids today? Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, where parenting is a heroic act. That also requires lots and lots of grace. Isn't that right, Jeremy? That's right. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Before we hit the news, we want to tell you, we are. it's good to be back. Hmm. My little baby girl is officially one month yesterday. Amazing. Uh, had a great pregnancy, great birth. Everything went well, so praise God for that. And she is just so great. Uh, my little Ridley Jane is her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love her to death. So anyways, it's good to be back. We have a lot. Uh, we have an action-packed episode today. Yay! Action-packed. We're going to be talking about Chris Pratt, obviously. Uh, if, if you haven't heard about him a thousand times already, we're going to, why not? We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Chris Hardwick, mm. uh, the guy from Talking Dead and used to be like the founder of the Nerdist and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about Incredibles 2 and Bible-centered parenting Yeah, because Jeremy and I are the experts on parenting Yep, because we have children. If people would just do it like we would. Yeah. If they'll the just follow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But for all that, let's get straight to the news. So this is, uh, some people might be sad about this. Okay. I'm I'm not. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay with this. What is and, this? Well, the news is that new Star Wars movies are currently on hold. Now, we're not talking like episode 9, right? That's not on hold. No, we're talking about like the new uh solo one-offs. Okay. Right? Literally solo. Solo one-offs. One-offs by now, themselves. Here's a true confession. I haven't seen Solo yet. Have you seen it? No. Oh my word, neither Okay, neither of us. So that shows you uh how excited I Here's I was. a truer confession. Yeah. I don't care about Star yeah, Wars. I know. What? <laughs> shut, oh, my word. Shut your face, your pie hole. Uh, we do care about Star Wars. We did endless <laughs> episodes on it. when <laughs> Half of us do. We did a ton of them. Uh, so that's sad for some. I, I'm okay with it. I think they were getting, I think the horse was getting before the buggy or behind the buggy. Which one is it? The buggy before, before yeah. the horse? Whatever. There was, something carriage. was wrong. Carriage before yeah, the, the horse. The eye was not dotted or something happened. Anyways, <laughs> they'll, they'll fix it. Disney will fix it. They'll figure it out. Disney right? fixes everything. Uh, speaking of Disney, they, this is not in our news, but this is news. Mm. There, there was this thing where they bought Fox. And we yes. apparently this is the way it works. You buy it, and then they say, oh, sorry, some, you know, somebody else came with more money. So they didn't really buy it, did they? Because that's what happened. They bought Fox, yeah. and then Comcast said, hey, we have more money. And then Disney's like, oh, no, we have more money. And, and so then they, they went from like $50 billion or something, which was already a lot, mm. to now it's like $71 billion. Now we're just waiting on Comcast to see if they're going to yeah. uh, chuck, chuck up a little more. You, know. you would think all that would happen behind the scenes, and the press conference would just be, yeah, hey, like, it's done. Just a handshake. Right. But not anymore, I guess. Weird. But you know, if you think you got that mouse money, uh-uh. No. Comcast, no. Comcast can barely, you know, I'm on phone with them for three hours customer service. Like, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> uh, Coco, oh, this is sad. Coco, the no, gorilla. The gorilla, not it, a different... Yeah, no, shh. Not the Pixar Coco the gorilla. Character. Coco the gorilla is dead. But here's the joy of this. Coco the gorilla is the one who did the hand silent... silent Everyone knows stuff, who right? Coco oh, is. okay. All right, well, you know. <laughs> uh, here's, the, here's the joyous thing. I'm trying to find the happiness here. Mm-hmm. She's in heaven now with Harambe. So at least they're together and they're having conversations. And why are you looking at me like that? This is just a regular look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Har- Harambe finally is in heaven with Coco and they're all having a good time doing sign language or something Harambe doesn't uh, do sign language well so. he, she'll teach him oh, she, the right. guy eternity to 
I don't know. I, they don't, you know, animals don't go to heaven or anything. We'll talk about it later. Uh, here's something. Here's a big thing that we, of course, we talk about. Of course. Space Force. Space Force. Are you excited about this? <laughs> I'm excited Space about Force. what just happened. Are you not signing up for this? I'm, this is like I've been preparing for Space Force my entire life. Uh, and the memes around this have been incredible. Uh, Did you like see one, the new camouflage? Yeah. Oh my word! The new camouflage is the one with the stars and stuff. Yes, like perfect. I, one of my like, I love. I have a guilty pleasure movie, and one of my guilty pleasure movies is the one with the bugs. Um, what is it called? Space Invaders. No, I don't remember. No, with the bugs. Ant Man. No. Oh my word! People listening to this right now are like cringing. At what's happening here. We actually have computers in front of us, but I'm not going to bother looking it up. uh... It'll come to me. This is for all you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights. No one quits. Don't do your job. I'll kill you myself. Do you get me? We got you, sir! Yeah, we'll get it. Yeah. With the bugs and they come and there's... uh, Anyways, the memes are great for this. Aliens. No, no. Aliens, aliens, Elian Gonzalez, uh, Space Force. So here's what we need for Space Force. I'm thinking about this. I want to create a new like Space Force section of our show mm-hmm. where we'll just talk about how we're taking over planets. Like yeah. if we today's just, the moon, we're going to conquer the moon, whatever. So I need uh, from one of our sister. We say sister or brother podcasts, brother uh, podcasts. So far, one of our brother podcasts <laughs> uh, <laughs> is this podcast called Fast God Stuff with Conrad and Jesse. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are listening right now, I doubt they listen to our show. But if right. they are listening right now or somebody else tells them, I want you guys to make like a theme for our Space Force section. It could be like, like, Space Force, Space Force, something like that. And if you do it, we will pay you, of course, in compliments. Yeah. Oh, compliments. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are my favorite one. Not real money. We'll pay you in Bitcoin. Well, uh, uh, no, no, we won't even do that. Uh, Jeremy says there's another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot coming. I didn't see this, so you heard about this. I, I don't know where I heard it or saw it, oh. but when I heard and saw it, so I this thought, is hearsay. This is ridiculous. It could have just been. <laughs> yeah, this could be made. Okay, up. it could be made up. Well, it's on the internet. It's though. on the internet, so it must be true. Yeah. So there's uh, a. They're going to redo right. it again. Turtles. How many times have we restarted until they get it this? right, Jeremy? Until. <laughs> They get it right. That's they how many did times. it right when they, Jim Henson was involved. You know, everybody's all perfect. like, oh, we're doing another reboot. It's like, okay, then we're going to keep doing it until they get it right. Right? I guess. Right? Jim well, Henson right. did it right. Right? Of course right. It's great. Uh, flamethrower wielding flying drones. Did now, you see I, this? I saw this video. Yeah. This was incredible. What was hanging down now? I didn't understand that. It was some sort of flammable something hanging a, on the wire. From a wire. Which is bad. Yeah. A power line. some kids? You know? <laughs> It looked like uh, kids are always throwing things on. Wires. It really looked like a like a parachute. Yeah, some okay. big cloth. Oh, so I don't you know, know what's what more it interesting was. than kids. At first, I'm thinking like kids have thrown this up there. Now I'm thinking like a paratrooper, like <laughs> evacuated. You know, he's like up in a German spy plane. He's like now roaming around some suburban area. And well, he heard flaming. space force was a thing, yes. <laughs> and he had to get down <laughs> to the ground to apply he's immediately. Uh, anyways, there's a flaming flamethrower wielding flying drones. It's an awesome video. You can Google that. Yeah. And watch the video. There's a drone, just like you imagine, with a giant Giant flamethrower burning things off of electrical wires. Exactly. It's the best thing. Hey, going back to Space Force real quick, because I feel like I didn't give it enough uh, (laughs) due. You did a whole It's really incredible. Well, this is Space Force is something that I've been praying about for for years now. Uh, Here's the thing. Everybody's mocking this and going, is this a waste of money? Is this, you know, right? Mm -hmm. Well, here's here's what's not a waste of money. How many movies have you seen where we send Bruce Willis up into space? To blow up an asteroid. One. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And that was enough to teach me that we need a space force. <laughs> because if there's an asteroid coming, who's going to take care of it? China? You know who's not going to take care China? of it? China? The jerks at NASA. Exactly. According to that movie. The space force will take Because they didn't know anything. 
Uh, Elon Musk, in our famous segment that is sweeping the globe, called Musky News. Musky News. No, you say so. <laughs> so musky. Oh, right, dang whatever. it. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Elon Musk, Boring Company, which is just brilliant. Uh, Supreme Overlord Musk is the winner in a bid to build a multi-billion dollar high-speed express train to Chicago's O'Hare International Airport. Now, here's the question here. Who else is bidding against him in this? I read way too many articles about this yep. today. Yep. <laughs> Were there multiple bidders? Yes. People bid about this? But these kind of infrastructure projects are always uh, government subsidized. Oh. And one of the, one of the uh, requirements of this bidding process was that you can't have government subsidies, oh. which basically eliminates everybody except Musk, okay. because the the other companies that would do that kind of thing are yeah, always all like, involved. We don't in the have government. we don't have multi multi billions to throw it. So Musk is like, like this. Uh, is this a gimme? Yeah, and he got it. Okay, he said he, uh, he said it's magnetic like power will definitely be involved. Yeah, tracks no tracks. We'll Who see. cares? No, we'll see. Oh, we'll see. We'll right. see. Okay. Uh, I just love that there's like an eBay for this. Like, you know, you go on, you're like, ooh, a, di- a tunnel. Ooh, I'm going to bid a billion dollars yeah. on a tunnel. I have to do government bids. They're not yeah, as fun whatever. as eBay. Uh, that's all the news that's fit to read about. Uh, I'm sure there's other stuff that happens. Something about I read something about a border or kids. No, okay. Whatever. We'll talk about that later. Uh, main event today, The Incredibles 2 and heroic gospel, gospel. superhero parenting. parenting. Right. right. Okay, that's what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So I saw Incredibles 2. Jeremy, did you see Incredibles I did 2? see it. Oh, we both saw it. Okay, yeah. great. I knew On that Father's Day. In. That it was, was true, beautiful. True question. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <gasps> that's so nice. I, maybe I saw it. On, no, I didn't see it on no. Father's Day. That's right. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, what What were your initial thoughts? Let's go ahead and do that now. Um, compare. Everybody's comparing the first one, so let's do that. Yeah. I thought it was on par with the first one. I thought okay. it was just as funny. Do you think it was Bob Parr? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just as interesting. Okay. And uh, I thought the villain was fine. Yeah, that's, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I thought, uh, I actually thought the first one was a little bit better, mm-hmm. but that's be- solely because of the villain. Because Syndrome is such a good villain, and this villain's kind of lackluster. Well, and the characters are so fun. It was yep. fun to be introduced yep. to them. Yep. Where they're the same, they're still great, but it's fun to Yeah, Jack-Jack shines. First interest. So, yeah, I mean, if you've seen this, if you haven't seen this yet, this is going to be obviously spoilers. We just... It's a, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we always do that. We don't even okay. care about spoilers. We just love it. We <laughs> we feed off the tears of people who are angry about spoilers. Mm. So uh, we're going to spoil this. Yeah, Jack-Jack's fun. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is where Jack-Jack is with the raccoon, mm-hmm. and he's chasing him around, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've seen it, you're laughing right now. If you haven't seen it, you're just like, what? A raccoon? Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah so here's where we get this Edna, Edna Mode, Miss Edna. Mm-hmm. She looks at Bob Parr, Mr. Incredible, and says, done properly. Parenting is a heroic act done properly, mm. right? Uh, and that's kind of true. So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk a little bit about the movie, but we're going to talk about parenting and gospel parenting and really kind of what I guess they were trying to get at with the screen slaver was that kids are too involved with screens and people yeah. in general, right? Adults, yeah. I guess. Uh, they were trying to get at that, but they didn't really flesh it out at all. I guess they thought it would be too preachy, but I don't know. I don't know. I think it was like, I think that's part of our culture. We all think that screens are enslaving us yeah, but we Everybody, don't care, but we don't do well, anything about it yeah right you want other people to do something about it <laughs> yeah it's like it's like we all know they're killing us yeah and yet we just like well <laughs> i mean let's keep smoking them you what, know what's happening on the social media today uh, yeah i know exactly so yeah. uh, let's talk the movie in general the plot uh was fine mm-hmm. i thought that was another thing i thought it was a little disjointed right a little. Uh, it starts out with like if you so if you watch the trailer, my wife has just seen the trailer. She hasn't seen the movie, mm-hmm. so she watches it and says, "Oh, so it's all about just Mrs. Incredible." 
right. and do, and that kind of is how the first part starts. Then it kind of becomes family. Then it kind of ends with maybe back to her again. I don't know. It was kind of back and forth. Yeah. Right. Well, the kids in the end save everyone. Yeah. yeah. And just kind of remarking on uh, funny social things like the, that's not math. That's not how you do math. Math is math. Right. Yeah. And how things, why have would they change and, math? Yeah. What, what era is this supposed to be in like 1950s or something or no, I think it's supposed to be modern. Why does everything look 1950s mod? Like it looks all, I don't know. It does look weird, right? Like yeah. their cars are all like people are wearing little suits and hats. Yeah. It's an aesthetic 1950s, but it's supposed to be modern, I guess. Yes. Maybe, but if, uh, if we didn't just wear shorts, I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's talk to characters. Anybody stand out? Frozone had a bigger part. A little bigger. Yeah, Not still a lot bigger. Still kind of the same. He was and in that, there. That joke that everybody was talking about kind of goes over your head too in the actual movie. Like, you better be back ASAP. Uh-huh. Like that kind of, it wasn't funny because I'd seen it so many times. Right. Because it, it was more nostalgic. Like, oh, yeah, yeah that's Edna funny. was great. I love Edna. Mm-hmm. You know, that's actually voiced by the director. No. Yeah, that's actually a man doing Edna. Oh, well so, done. How about that? Well, well you know. done. Uh, what about the themes of the movie? What do you, the, the big theme is probably parenting. Would you say there's like some women's rights thing in there or what do you, I know some people were getting all eh, mad about that. Or I like mean, looking it's for something it's present, but it's, uh, it's just like the obvious little jokes that are available. Yeah. If you've got a, a woman taking the lead. I know. I know. It's that, whatever. That's what I, I don't think, man, with some Pixar movies, there's like this overarching, like, you know, narrative, like self-righteous thing where they want to like Wally. Okay. Yeah. You leave Wally and you go, okay, yeah, I get it. All right. right. I was lectured. I get it. Yeah. Uh, this one, I don't think it was super there. You know, if you want to look for it, like even with the screen stuff, I don't think it was super there. Right. I think it was just a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, the thing I was, this was kind of weirded me out was there was some language in this. Did you catch this? I don't think so. There was one like, what the hell or something like that, huh. which was weird to me, right? I guess in that I don't know that you never hear that in kids like right. kids movies. So. Right. And then there's a lot of, Oh my, uh, taking the Lord's name in vain stuff, mm. which just offends me in general. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, that was just kind of off putting a lot of talking too. Like I thought I would take my three and a half year old son, but I think it was too much talking. Uh-huh. Like there was that whole conversation between the girl and between Mrs. Incredible. And it's just kind of, you're sitting there going like, they're talking about like, trading or business and marketing and right. stuff. And you're like, what? <laughs> like what? Okay. Yeah. I didn't think about that. There is a lot of, uh, a lot of dialogue. Yeah. I don't know. And that's fine for me, but I just, I like pop-up books, you know, like <laughs> geez Louise. Uh, so yeah, so I liked it. Uh, I, I'll, I think the short at the very beginning of the movie bow. Yeah. I think that affected me emotionally more than actually the movie did. For sure. Because I was like most Pixar movies I leave like and I've cried at least once mm-hmm. or I've laughed hysterically at least, you know. That didn't happen for me really. Right. I laughed a lot, but right. you know. But Bow at the very beginning there's this little short as Pixar always does. Yeah, a silent short. And it's this really kind of beautiful thing where you don't know what's happening. This woman is I don't actually don't want to spoil this cuz yeah. I All right, right, just go see yeah, it. Yeah, just go see it. But man, it is it, it deals with uh, parenting and the loss of a child that moves away kind of mm-hmm. and doesn't want you anymore. And I've been feeling this lately uh, with just having another kid now as I was, uh, we've been up late at night and sleepless. And I remember holding my daughter who's, you know, one month old now and I hold her and I looked at my wife and I thought there's going to come a time where she, she doesn't want me to hold her anymore. Yep. And I was thinking about my, you know, my three and a half year old son, there's going to come a time where he doesn't want me to snuggle anymore, you know? And it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I always knew this, but man, like at three o'clock in the morning or whatever, when you're exhausted and tired, it just floored me. I don't have your uh, poignant experience of that yeah. right now, but my son's just about to leave for college and doesn't really yeah, so enjoy context. spending time with home. Yeah. So 
Yeah, and you it's feel different, it. but it's it's similar to what you're and, saying. Yeah, and that's what bow <laughs> is like. That's what the bow b a o I think is the way it's pronounced. What b a o? It was great. It was so good. So and man, I didn't expect to cry in the first like two and a half minutes of the oh my goodness theater experience. It's so good. So uh, what we're going to talk today is we're going to talk parenting and just kind of our experiences. So what you just heard, Jeremy has a son who's about to go to college, mm-hmm. and I have a three and a half year old and a one month year old. So we have different experiences. Jeremy. Yep has more knowledge about this than <laughs> a little I more do. time, uh, a little more time. Uh, and, and the cool thing here is that knowing Jeremy's personality, knowing mine, uh, I'm sure we've, we're going to come at parenting with two different perspectives, but I think the beauty of the way we're going to talk about this with the gospel hmm. is that we're gonna have the same message, which is yeah. really, really cool. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. Uh, Paul Tripp, who is a pastor, theologian, preacher, mm-hmm. speaker, he has this wonderful parenting book. And so I have some quotes here from Paul Tripp, and we're just going to kind of talk about them as I go through them and whatnot. So uh, from Paul Tripp's website, he says this. He says, parenting is hard, but there are a few things in life that rise to this level of importance. God has chosen parents to be the primary instruments in the shaping of a human soul. Now, I want to stop there. That's uh, that's super important Yeah. because I don't think I don't think as a parent myself, I realize that from a day-to-day basis. My, I wake up and I think, how do I keep this child alive today? Mm-hmm. I need to keep this child surviving. I need to keep my wife alive. Mm-hmm. And we all need to just survive, right? <laughs> uh, and here, Paul Tripp says something incredibly true. He says, you have the most important job in your parents' life, in your child's life. Um, and God has given you, chosen you as parents to be primary instruments in the shaping of their soul. Yeah. So, so a lot of times I wake up and I'm sure Jeremy has woken up and thought, how do I keep my child morally in, under the law today? How do mm. I keep my kid as a law keeper today? And I don't wake up thinking, how do I shape my son or my daughter's soul with the truth of scripture or with the gospel, right? Yeah. Uh, man, so that's the first little part here. Here's another one. So often we get it wrong by using power to get our children to behave in certain ways. We establish laws and then we play the role of police officer and judge. Do you, yeah. do you understand? Do you relate with that, Jir? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I don't know where to start on that. <laughs> yeah. Because you do, you are there to, uh, play the role at different times, play the roles yeah. of police and officer. I, th- I and think he would judge. agree with. Oh yeah, of course yeah. you have to. Otherwise you're just saying your kids can be lawless and you're just there to love them. Yeah. That's you not need true. rules, obviously. Yeah. Um, but like that can't be your only role. It yeah. can't be, here's the rules. I'm going to catch you when you break them and punish you. Yeah. And then that's my whole job because that's not your whole job. Yeah. Your job is the crafting and shaping of like, like you said, the human soul. Yeah. I think, I think in this day and age, especially this is very, uh, it's a great analogy because I remember when I was in college, there was this guy on the board of trustees or the mm-hmm. board of education, or whatever. And every time they, th- the people thought he was crazy. He was kind of a joke, but he'd come in to each meeting every time they voted and he'd propose this thing to take away A, B, C, D, all the scale hmm. and just have pass fail in this college. And everybody thought he was kind of like, like, you can't get rid of the grading system, the grading yeah. scale. But his whole point was that when you have A, B, C, D, the, the student is not really learning. It's more of a I'm against the teacher yeah. and I have to beat the teacher and the teacher has to somehow get, you know, get me whatever. And it's almost like this combat. Right. You see yourself against it. Whereas if it's pass fail, I'm not saying I agree with him, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying if it's pass fail now, now it's an environment of learning. I just have to pass this class. Now I can actually learn. The teacher's not worried about grading everything to the extent, blah, blah, whatever. So here's what I'm trying to get at with this. There's a lot of times where I'm on the road and I'm, I'm watching out for the police officer more than being thankful for him being there. Hmm. Right. And there's a lot of times where I'm, I'm watching, you know, like a Netflix documentary and I see the judge come up and I think, oh, this guy's bad. Right. And it's because it skewed my mind 
to automatically think that every police officer or every judge or all these things, there's always some ulterior motive here because they're sinful and I'm sinful. And so I think when a kid only sees you as police officer, judge, or as teacher, Mm -hmm. I think they're missing the point that you actually are there to disciple them and not to get them, not to catch them. Right. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like the police officer, I feel like he's waiting to get me like, you know, and then I've had great experiences obviously with police officers, but the the kid doesn't want to feel like you're waiting to just scold them. Yeah. Right. And I think some parents are, are waiting to scold their kids, right? They're just waiting for their kid to screw up again and get them. Right. They've right. got two modes, deal with a problem or standby. Yeah. Or standby. And there's no, yeah. like, there's got to be something besides standby. There's got to be a positive yeah. force. And so here's the next part. He says, uh, your job is to give your, give all, A-W-E, give all to your child. Your child is hardwired to live in awe of something greater than themselves. Hmm. Uh, all of us, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Ecclesiastes, God, God has hidden eternity our hearts. Uh, you know, Augustine says where our hearts are restless until they rest in him. All of us are searching for something to worship. Yeah. All to be all inspired. Right. If you go back to the first Incredibles, what are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. Or something incredible, whatever. We're all waiting for something to happen. Yeah. And the job of a parent is not to just become, you know, create little rule followers that there's parts of that. Once again, like they need the law. Yeah. But that's not our main goal. Our main goal is to, to inspire all for the real judge, hmm. for the true father, for the true, you know, the, the one who is the, the only object of all. Yeah. Right. And that, that's so easy to do when they're, when kids are little, when you're, yeah. when you're raising a toddler, like, because everything is a discovery and you can always be like, isn't that cool? Trees or, and squirrels. And yeah. Did you see that buddy? And all that stuff, man, you get to 14 and you're trying to point out how amazing, <laughs> uh, you know, the easy one is like a sunset or a vista or something yeah. like, how, look at this. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. When, <laughs> yeah. When you're, they're 14, like they're apathetic about everything, you know, like, or the same thing with God, like trying to yeah. explain how big and awesome God is. Uh, there's something that because a child needs to be taught with like, it's natural for us to be like, Hey buddy, look yeah. at this. But when you get to your kids a little older, I think you, I, I can and have and do <laughs> forget yeah. like there's more to do here than teach him how to be a great human being. Um, th- there's more to do. Yeah. And that's more. like, that's important. Uh, you know, I heard somebody the other day and I've heard this multiple different ways, but I heard somebody the other day say, you know, a kid is trained. Okay. Do this, do that. Now go on the field, go on the soccer field, go on the baseball field, go be best at this. Okay. Now make good grades, make good grades. Great. Now you're in high school. Now you're in middle school, make good grades. Now do this, do this, right? Oh, now you're in college. Okay. Now go do this, make, you know, succeed, succeed. Okay. Right. Now you're going to job. Okay, great. Now you're going to die. You know, it's like, it's like now as parents, we want a great job. Mm-hmm. We want our kids to succeed. But, but if we make it all about accomplishments and earthly accomplishments mm-hmm. and never about spiritual accomplishments, you know, I think to that verse where I can't remember Paul says it, but he says, uh, physical fitness is of some help, sure, but spiritual fitness is of lasting, you know, and the whole point is he's not saying don't don't go run, like go run, go work out, go be spiritually, physically fit. Right. But if that's what your hope is in yeah. your body or your accomplishments, like you're wasting your, your life, yeah. you're wasting and, your time. And for parents, if you raise some sort of amazing philanthropist that just is always giving back to humanity and always being self-serving or uh, serving others, but they die without knowledge of Christ. Yeah. Oh my word. You, you've, you've done them. You've up. failed them as a you failed them. Yeah. You yeah. failed. Uh, here's another one from Paul Tripp. Your children must not attach their level of respect to your level of perfection. Uh, man, that's that's huge because I am uh, m- insanely messed up. 
right? And Jeremy's, I know him, and he's a little bit messed up too. All the way. And so if our kids are looking at us, you know, and attaching their level of respect to us rather than attaching it to God, Mm -hmm. they're going to, you know, I remember the one, I remember when I hit an age where I realized my parents weren't perfect Mm -hmm. and your world kind of shatters, right? When you realize your parents aren't perfect. And, uh, if I didn't have somebody to fall back on, if I didn't have God who is perfect to fall back on, I would have just been a rebellious moron, you know, and my parents probably listen to this going, what he were, no, (laughs) no, no. uh, but you know, I wouldn't have had something. And so I had to fall back on the Bible. I had to fall back on something which was true and right and holy and good. And who was my real father, my true father in heaven. Uh, And then I could look at my, my dad, my earthly dad and my earthly mother, and I can forgive them and love them and go, wow, we're, we're a bunch of sinners who love each other, who God has placed us together. And now we got to disciple each other and walk through this life. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Uh, the next part there, he says, go every day to God and say, it's hard for me to teach worship when I'm trapped in my own idolatry. Please rescue me so I can give your, you rescue, uh, give your rescue to my children. Mm. Man, that is uh, huge because we, we need parenting ourselves, right? Right. Whether your parents are alive or they're, uh, they've gone to be the Lord or, you know, they're, they're passed away, whatever the case, we, we have a father in heaven who loves us. And just because we are responsible for little ones mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we don't need somebody responsible for us to take care of us and love us. For sure. And so it's super important for us to go to God and say, man, Father God, I don't feel like even worshiping today. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you point me to my own sin, help me repent so that I can teach others to worship? Like mm-hmm. how, how can I be so hypocritical and teach other people to do this when I can't even do it myself? Yeah. Um, I, growing up, I had a horrible, horrible rage issue, like a horrible violence issue. And I've told, I'm a youth worker, youth pastor, and I've told my kids this mm-hmm. uh, to the point where I would just flip out and rage. And I had to come to a conclusion that if I uh, didn't want to hit my wife or if I didn't want to uh, beat other people or hurt other people, I had to get this under control. Mm. And I had to have the Lord fit, you know, come into my life and change my heart, uh, reverse my heart. And that's what we have to do with our kids because ultimately I can't change my kid. Uh, my parents couldn't change me. They could pour into me. They could teach me everything. They could do all these things. But the, but the most important thing they could do for me was to pray for my heart to be changed. Yeah. And when um, you're, when and you're thank t- God. Yeah, yeah. When you're talking about leading children to worship, there's it's so much easier to do. And this is obvious on its face. If you're a regular worshiper, and I I mean at the church, of course, yeah, but yeah. I mean in your daily, the you know moment to moment day, not just in the morning, not just at your nighttime prayers, but throughout the day, if you're parenting them as an act of worship, like you, you're literally praying for his guidance and help and looking to see praying without ceasing. Yeah. See what the scripture says into this whole idea of raising these young people. Like if there's a, if you're in worship and moment to moment worship, it's going to be so much easier to teach that. And it's through that worship that God is parenting you. Yeah. Like that's the whole thing we're getting at here. It's by you worshiping, by you going to church on Sunday and in in God's word and praying, that's God parenting you as a good son and a good daughter. Uh, There's a verse, I can't remember where it is, but it says, um, if you're being punished or you feel like you're being scolded, basically, this is, that's a good thing because God only punishes the children he loves, right? He only punishes his sons and his daughters. And so that's a good thing uh, to be reprimanded for your sin. And that means God loves you. Right. And that he's going to sanctify you and work in your heart. And uh, Yeah, there's a lot of other places that it says that the Lord leaves uh, people in their unrepentant sins. He gives them over to sin. 
So yeah. we don't we don't want that. Yeah, we don't want that. We want to be punished and re- re- reprimanded, right? Like and the child brought that touches, back to righteousness touches fire, you know, is going to get burned. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one here from from uh, Paul Tripp says, "God loves these children. He has put them in a family of faith, and He is going to reveal their lack of character to me, so that I can be a part of a development of His character that is the operation of His rescuing grace." Uh, so what he's saying here is he's saying, "Listen, God loves your children." The first way you know that is because he's put them in a family of faith. Hmm. So he has a plan for these children. Okay. The second thing is he's going to show you their insecurities, their problems, their failings. He's going to show you all these horrible things about your kid so that you can actually jump in and show him the glory, the glorious riches of the, of the grace that we have in Jesus Christ. Hmm. And that is such, I mean, that is a heroic act every single day. And so if you're listening to this and you're a parent and you say, oh my goodness, I'm barely hanging on some days. Hanging on by the grace of God is a heroic act. That's what we're trying to tell you. Hanging on, the days when you win it, that's a heroic act. The days when you hang on, you struggle, but you're persevering, that's a heroic act. You're doing it by God's grace. And the days where you lose it and have a failure of a day, but get up the next day loving those kids and yeah. wanting to do better and asking for their forgiveness, those, that, that's a heroic oh, act. Man, that's so vital. Asking them for forgiveness. Like that's, that sounds crazy at first, but we're going to talk a little bit more about what that looks like. So yeah. uh, as we think about the Incredibles and their family, uh, and we, and we kind of talk about this, is, there's a great way here. You go see this movie, and you can have this conversation with your kids. Sit down and go, uh, you know, there's this part in the movie where Violet looks at her dad and says, you're not something, you're not ordinary or whatever, you're incredible. Hmm. Uh, and it's this really kind of wonderful moment where the children have been seeing what, all that he's been putting into it. Mm-hmm. And he's been barely hanging on, struggling, and he's tired. And yet Violet looks at him and says, Dad, you were trying your best. Mm-hmm. You're doing your best, right? Mm-hmm. And our kids, uh, by God's grace, will acknowledge that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, Jeremy, if you don't mind. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, quote, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth, unquote. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So this kind of brings us to the next point. What is our ultimate goal Mm. when we think about parenting or when we think about like, uh, you know, nerdy parenting even? Like I think about my dad raised me watching Star Trek and, you know, kind of in, you know, getting him involved with the nerdy stuff that he liked, getting me involved with the nerdy stuff he liked. And the, the beauty of this is that there's a verse where it says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's older, he will not depart from it. Mm. Well, I've, I was grown up, I was raised up mm-hmm. watching Star Trek, watching these nerdy things, and now I've, here I am 30 years old, and I still love it. Mm. Now, what was I also raised up being told to love? Jesus yeah. and God and the Bible. And here I am 30 years old, and I have not departed from it. Mm. And so there's something very, very true about the foundation that a parent lays, no matter if you're nerdy or if you're uh, sports related, whatever foundation you're laying, as long as the foundation is Jesus Christ himself, mm. um, there's great hope for the parents uh, of kids, even parents, who, uh, parent, people who go away, right? So um, I know some parents whose children have claimed to left the faith or have, uh, you know, left church, whatever mm-hmm. that may be. Um, St. Augustine did this, right? Yeah. I've read his biography. And uh, he, he left the faith for a long time, but his mother, Monica, would pray for him every single day and weep over him. And eventually, obviously, you know, St. Augustine came back to the faith. But there's this quote from his mother, Monica, that says, a child of such tears cannot be lost. Hmm. And the whole point, I, I think of that quote, what she's getting at is, a child that I've prayed over and wept over to my father, to God the Father, uh, cannot be lost. 
right? Ultimately, because God has his hand on that child. Uh, and so if that is your, your situation, your kid's off and doing this, pray for them, cry, weep over them, um, and have hope then that God is going to bring them back, mm. right? Have, have hope and pray for his will to be done. Ultimately, whatever happens. Right. So um, what is the ultimate goal of our parenting? Here's Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. It says, These words I'm commanding you today are to be upon your hearts, and you shall teach them diligently to your children and speak of them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as reminders on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Um, so let's talk about discipline a little bit before we, uh, we'll, we'll get more into that a little bit, but I want to talk about discipline. So this is another big subject. How much, how little, how often, et cetera. What do you, what do you define your terms in your, uh, no, I'm not talking about like spanking or anything like that. We, I mean, we'll have a little bit of that, but, uh, what is your role thing of discipline? Like growing up your son, uh, raising up your son and what, what did that look like? Yeah. Well, one, I was not always a great dad to, to my son. So there were many days and even large periods of time where I was just failing, being selfish, and yeah. uh, and all of that. So I'll just talk about when I was at my best. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> when I was at my best, uh, my goal is just always to grow him. Uh, so uh, I do this for both my wife and my son. I have their names in my phone. Uh, and then in their last name, I, I put a something that I'm working on with them. Mm, and so for good. the last two years, my, when my son calls me, his name is Parker. It says Parker, and then it says the word build. Um, and that's what I'm trying to do. It's at this last stage. I have this last opportunity, sort of. Before he goes off to college. <laughs> to, yeah, and, yeah, to build him. Um, and that's, I think that's been a constant thing. Like, I, I want him to build himself. Yeah. Uh, but if I passively wait for him to... Uh, to do those things, the mistakes he makes are going to be harder to bounce back from yeah. than if I'm just constantly teaching. And, and so I, I see it as an everyday, I think discipline, meaning correction and encouragement. Tough love. I think that's part of every day. Yeah. I, I don't think that comes in certain seasons or under certain circumstances. I think every day he should hear from me. Hey, bud, I, I like that you're doing this. Yeah. I really want to see you doing this. Can you try a little harder on that? Yeah. And that's hard for him. I, I, and I'm not pretending it would, it's just for him that it's hard. It would be hard for anyone because what he hears every day is, hey, do a little better. Yeah. Um, and that's hard. But I, I don't know how to do that differently. And I'm hoping that it's helping him. <laughs> just praying that it's helping. Yes. Uh, yeah. So mine, mine's a little differently because it's just little kids. Uh, my son Thad is very strong-willed, mm. uh, extremely energetic, which we love. And mm-hmm. we raise him to be that way. Uh, and, and so when it comes to discipline, we always do this thing where we say, what do you say when you do this, right? Because he's done something bad. And he goes, sorry, daddy. Sorry, daddy. And I mm-hmm. go, what does sorry mean? Mm-hmm. And he, every time, what does sorry mean? He says, sorry means don't do it again. Mm-hmm. Sorry means don't do it again. And we keep it like a mantra that he knows. Sorry mm-hmm. means don't do, don't do it again. Uh, and we do we do spank him, right? Uh, but that's our last resort. And it's always uh, in a corrective way like, what, why do you, what do you think um, the Bible said about what you did? Or right. what do you think Jesus thinks about what you just did? How would he have acted, right? Mm-hmm. And so we try to explain uh, what he did wrong and how the correct ways to do it rather than just punishing and saying, go to your room. Right. We'll talk later. Yeah. Right. Uh, because sometimes we do say, go to your room. Now I follow him to his room and I sit there until he's ready to talk. Mm-hmm. And I say, buddy, I love you. I don't, do you think I like to spank you? No. Okay. Why did I spank you? Cause I did something bad. Right. And then we talk right. through it. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how, how we're trying our, our best uh, to do discipline, but but spanking's always kind of my last resort, and that's when I'm usually at my wits' end, right? <laughs> um, and I and I've had to apologize before and said, Lord, you know, 
Lord, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to spank him that hard. And I'll even apologize to him. Like, but I didn't mean to spank you that hard. I was, I was angry huh. and I'm so sorry I did that. Um, would you forgive me? Right. Yeah. One of the best dads I know, uh, we talk a lot about parenting because it's kind of our, it's the thing that's most important to both of us as our kids. Um, and when he, so his kids are a little bit older now and they're, they're past the years where spanking yeah. makes sense. But, uh, but yeah, when, I think there's an age where you definitely need to stop. Spanking yeah. And kid. I think like, it's younger than some people think. I knew a girl who was 16 well, and her dad way younger than that. <laughs> okay. It's extremely younger than that. Yeah. Uh, there's, there comes a point where it's, it's you versus them at that point, And they're just going to, they will, like I used to push my parents to the point where I was egging them on. Uh-huh. I was waiting for that spanking. Right. right? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, anyways, I, I, I <laughs> start. Yeah. Uh, so when he would have to, uh, get to the spanking part, um, it would be something where he would calmly explain to them, you know, you've, you've earned a, a spanking yeah. and they would call it pops. You know, you've earned pops. Yeah. It's not hard. We're not talking like, right. I'm not talking belts <laughs> no. or beatings. Like I know some people who've had that. Sure. Right? We're not talking that. Yeah. And then, uh, first they would pray together. Uh, like there's this whole process that he would do. There was no chance that he could spank them angry because by the time he got to the part where, where yeah. it was time to administer the spanking, they're both crying. Like it yeah. sounds horrible, but I want you to imagine <laughs> A, a dad, yeah, a dad spanking in anger and a dad spanking through tears and the difference that that means. Yeah. Uh, is no spanking a better solution for some people? I don't know. Maybe. It depends on the kid. It depends on the parents. Yeah. Um, but uh, for that situation, if you can avoid uh, spanking in anger, you know, two-year-old, three-year-olds, four-year-olds, they can make you angry. They're really good at it. Yep. <laughs> but if you can uh, give yourself enough space not to not spank, uh, but to be ready to do that uh, for the reason that you should. That's and good. fathers don't wear spanks. That's another thing. Oh, too. Uh, don't, gears. don't wear spanks. Uh, <laughs> here's from straight from the Bible, straight from uh, the word of God. It says Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. Yeah, that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Uh, what is it? Samuel Rutherford says, uh, the Lord keeps his best wines in the cellar of affliction. Mm. Right. And so, uh, as we're punished or, uh, we go through illness or these trials and tribulations, uh, it's a harvest of righteousness being grown in us. It's absolutely beautiful. And there's some nuance to the word punish when you're talking about God that we're not going to lay out, but we just, we want you to know, we understand that the we're using that word easily. Correction. When it might not a, be a better idea, probably. Correct. It's it's never uh, vengeful towards his children or uh, out of his wrath or it's it's correction, right? One it's meant the, to produce righteousness in us. One of the other society podcasts will get into the details and nitty gritty. Yes, somebody else will means. take care of it. That's not our spot. Uh, here's Proverbs 13, 24. It says, whoever spares the rod hates their children. Woo! Yep. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. So your children don't need you to be their best friend. Uh, you can be their friend. Please do be their sure. friend. Uh, but you also need to be, you need to be their police officer sometimes. You need to be their judge sometimes. And not right? alongside. Friend comes under parent. You yeah. can be friends, but be parents above and before. Yeah, because being a parent actually can mean you're the best friend. Like, I love my parents like crazy. Sure. Uh, and I would call them both part of my best friend. So, uh, yeah. you know. Well, you're an adult now. Exactly. You didn't say that when you were 10. No. <laughs> Proverbs 29, 15 through 17. Jeremy, can you read that one? A rod and a reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces its mother. When the wicked thrive, so does sin, but the righteous will see their downfall. Discipline your children and they will give you peace. They will bring you the delights you desire. Yeah. So there's... It, 
you know, don't be a parent who lets your kid get away with everything. Those are spoiled brats. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's the Oompa Loompa say? What do you do when your kid <laughs> is a brat? Uh, yeah. Uh, let's talk Screen Slaver going back to Incredibles 2. So if you've seen it, you know that the villain is this uh, person oh. called Screen Slaver. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Zay. What? And Z. And Z. Yeah. Screen Slaver. Okay. And they're wearing this mask. And the whole idea is that they... Uh, hypnotize you with screens and since everybody's always in front of a screen at all times in the movie yep. they're hypnotized right other than the incredibles oddly enough they're in front of books and they not never, screens never screen. never in front of screen interesting <laughs> uh so here's the question are screens killing our kid dun, dun, dun. are they killing us they're probably killing all of us right we'll find out yeah here's some statistics on any given day now this is absolutely terrifying i did not know this when i was looking at on any given day, 29% of babies under the age of one are watching TV and videos for an average of 90 minutes. That's, that's very young. That is, in, that's scary. Okay, 26% have a television in their bedroom. Of, little, under one. Of one, under one? What? Are they, what? <clears throat> like, what are they doing? Okay, what if are you I, doing? If I can brag. Yeah. We have one TV in our house. Yeah. And it's in the the room where we watch tv oh, i've got like seven tvs in mine. <laughs> and we've never we've never uh, allowed screens in bedrooms yeah so we just like my son is three and a half we just put a tv in his room but it has no cable has no internet all it has is an snes classic hooked mm-hmm. to it mm-hmm. and if he wants to play video games with me he it has to be like a reward for something right and it's never for more than like 20 minutes that kid has no ex- attention span for 20 minutes okay so we sit there and play and it's a reward we play castlevania or some old game right but three and a half, and he doesn't watch anything on it. Okay, get that thing out of under his room. one. Get it out under one. <laughs> what is he doing? Uh, uh, time with scre- with screens increases rapidly in the early years between their first and second birthday. On any given day, sixty four percent of babies and toddlers are watching TV and videos, averaging slightly over two hours. Okay, thirty six percent have a television in their bedroom. Oh no, that's still that's still I'm still underneath that. So, uh, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. I right? Yes, except I see that like, you know, when I look, well, no one in particular. Yeah. When I see people with really young kids, no, not you. Okay. Not you, it's just everyone else. Yeah. That's not you. Uh it seems like putting them in front of a TV screen. I mean, we've got all these TV shows that are meant for infants. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. actually meant to entertain yeah. our infant children. Yeah. Ashley and I are like, my wife Ashley and I, we're super cautious about this. Like if he's been watching, like if he, even if he watches a movie or something, uh, then we go, man, we've, all right, too much screen time already. Yeah. Let's, let's have like five hours of just play, you know, mm-hmm. puzzles and all sorts of stuff. Um, I, I saw a video one time on Facebook of a friend of mine who had an iPad in a crib and the kid was under two, yeah. watching an iPad in a crib, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you're listening to this and you're feeling a little judged, man, I feel like that's good. <laughs> because, listen, there are, there, kids need to be playing, like, using their imaginations. Yeah. And be playing with toys and uh, puzzles and th- things that are going to make them think and objects, yeah. you know, things that, you know, put things in their mouth and mess around and be right. dumb. Slobber on their hands. Yeah, kids need to eat dirt, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's more statistics, but they're all just as terrifying. The thing is about this, and I catch myself doing this, before I uh, got this job where I'm working now, I had a flip phone, hmm. and I loved my flip phone, and I kind of used it as a badge of honor like all my friends had, <laughs> you know, because that's the way I am, and I'd hold it up, and I'd be like, look how, look how perfect I am, look at me, mm-hmm. like, look how good and righteous I am, right? Yep. Uh, but, but I actually am, 
if I ever get rid of my current iPhone, I'm going to go back to flip phone because I waste so much time yeah. on my iPhone. I really do. And every, I think almost everybody does. I do. There's even apps that tell you how much time you spent on your phone. I did not okay. get that app. I don't either because I know, I already know I'm going to be like, I'm already know I'm going to judge myself. Yeah. So I just preemptively said, well, I'm not going to do it because I know I, I have a problem. Yeah. Right. Isn't that sad? If I can unbrag on my yeah. previous brag, my yeah. son does spend an incredible amount of time on his phone. Yeah. Which I don't love. But he watches YouTube videos, right? He does. Yeah. And he usually watches like uh, things like learning, learning things. things yeah. But still, and it's so, way so too much. There's, some, you know, there's something different about using technology to learn or do a class or something like that than just sitting there going, I'm watching Fortnite videos. It looks, <laughs> it looks the same from across the room. <laughs> yeah. Maybe dead, he is and he switches faced. real quick. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's, let's get past that screen. So listen, we all have issues with screens. Uh, we need to have grace with ourselves and we need to have grace with our kids. And we need to also wake up and realize that this is an issue, yeah. right? This is yeah. a problem. Uh, if, if they're under like five, six, like we need to really look at the statistics and ask yourself a question like, does my kid need a, an iPad at this age? Okay. Or how long are they spending on that iPad? Yeah. Or should a show be put on for a five-year-old at all? Okay. Yeah. So, so ask, you know, ask yourself some questions um, and then ask yourself the same thing. Like, how long do I spend on Facebook? Like, is this a thing where my son's going to sing cats in the cradle one day, <laughs> you know, and I'm sitting there going like, so, sorry, son, I can't do that because I'm, I'm playing my game. Yeah. You know, no, I phone. was there the whole time. You know, cats no, in dad. the cradle. And maybe you that's not where I started. So, so. Uh, so, so just ask yourself that and then, you know, pray about it. Like my word, just pretty bad. So yeah. uh, we want to move on really quick here to Chris Pratt. Like how on earth will we not talk about Chris Pratt after what happened? So if you've been living under a rock, you have not seen this Chris Pratt speech. But if you are a normal human and you're on Facebook like we are all the time. Of course, on our screens. <laughs> uh, Chris Pratt was nominated for this Generation Movie Award type thing, I think, or Generation Leader, right? Something. MTV Movie Awards. And he gets up there to do the speech. And it starts out kind of, you're like, what, what is he doing here? Hmm. Because Chris Pratt now, you know, previously he said like, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said that elsewhere before. And he's always, uh, he's proclaimed some sort of faith recently, Yeah, recently. Now, anytime we, we deal with like a Justin Bieber or something like that on on our podcast, especially, we always give it with a grain of salt. Okay. But with Chris Pratt, I think I heard this on, on Apologia. I was listening to this the other day and Joy, the girl said, I think he just needs, I think this is a discipleship issue. Hmm. So I, I'm, I'm not going to say whether he's a Christian or not. I, you know, I don't do that. Right. right. Yeah. But I think, I think she's right. I think this is a discipleship issue where Chris Pratt has all the balls juggling in the air and the, and the actual balls to get on screen. says, but he has all the balls juggling in the air and he just needs somebody to disciple him now hmm. and place them all and show them where they all go. Right. Anyways, he gets up there and he has nine rules. Some of them are funny. Uh, one of them is like, you have a soul. Don't, don't squander it. Basically, right. don't waste it. Yep. Uh, God is real. You should pray to him. Praying mm-hmm. is good for your soul. And the last one is uh, talking about how these you know, men and women in the military die for our freedoms. Right. And that there's also another person who died and shed his blood that you could have grace. Yes. Right. Uh, and so without saying the word name Jesus, he said the name. He basically said the name of Jesus. Yeah. Right. Without saying it. Now, people were get, some people were getting on to him. And saying, oh, he should have been more clear and he should have done this. And, uh, you know, that's, man, like, put yourself in that situation. Yeah. Because if I had been in his situation, I would have not said that. Mm-hmm. I, like, I would I would have been such a coward. Like, I know my own heart. And I would have, getting up there, I would have been, like, shaking at the thing, you know, whatever. But I just, so I applaud him for what he did say. Uh, and somebody needs to now disciple him. Yeah. Take him under your wing. Uh, go grab Chris Pratt. Maybe we'll have him on the show. Huh. Uh, I'll call him and uh, and just somebody love him. And you know what we need to do? We need to pray for him. 
Absolutely. Rather than judging him, like we should applaud what he did and say, that's great. Let's pray for him now. Yeah. And pray that somebody will disciple him. And I say this every time, but yeah. hopefully Chris Pratt is saved and that would be awesome. And yeah. we would see fruit in his life. Yeah. Great. But at the same time, people heard that message from him and we'll continue to hear it because of course we share everything and replay everything. So we've got this testament to a, a dying on savior MTV. on MTV. Uh, you know, maybe that will, the Lord will use that in other people's conversion. And maybe God so. spared some people. Like if he had said the name of Jesus on an MTV movie, where people might have screamed or evaporated, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, but so yeah. So, and the, here's the other cool thing that a lot of people don't know is the interview right after this, he got interviewed by the MTV guy. Okay. And he said that he said, he said, what'd you, you know, your speech was interesting. And he says, you know, that part about the dog putting the pill in the meat. Hmm. He said, that's what I sort of did in there. Oh yeah. And that's that was the whole point. It was kind of genius because he had right? all these jokes. He had all these jokes to wrap it around, message. right, yeah. around his message. And so he went in, going, "I'm going to give these kids. I'm going to. This is the generation. I'm going to give them true truth and hope." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I have, man, awesome, Chris Pratt, great job. You know, yep. I think great. Let's pray for them. Uh, so on the flip side of that, now we have another Chris. And well, before is, you go on, yeah, please, Pratt's uh, poop advice. I don't think it's good. No, <laughs> so. I just want to say that on the record. Well, it's science. I, so you're arguing against science. I don't think so. Uh, so on the other side of that is Chris Hardwick. And if you've uh, once again been living under that rock and you don't know, he is the guy who kind of st- started the Nerdist, mm-hmm. Nerdist.com and uh, Talking Dead, all these other things. And he has been accused, uh, part of the Me Too movement, right, that's been going on. He's been accused of, from what I understand, sexual, not only sexual harassment, but like rape yeah. of, a, of a girl he was dating. Yeah. And so since we are a nerd podcast, it's important for us to talk about both Chris Pratt on one end and why that was so crazy what he did. Mm. And then Chris Hardwick on the other end, who is this big figure in the nerd community uh, and why that's so wrong, obviously, what he did. So here's the question. How do we teach, uh, Jeremy and I both being men, male, how do we teach our young men about the Me Too movement? Um, And then why is Chris Pratt, what he did, like this is such a normal thing that he did, but why is it so big in our culture? Hmm. So what do you think, first of all, with the first part? Well, with teaching our kids, if we're talking about parenting, uh, as the fathers of, of young men, like that has to be part of your parenting schema. It can't be, I, I teach the same things to my daughters as I teach to my sons. Because you do have to yeah. teach your sons, like you're stronger. Uh, you have a responsibility to be a caregiver to women in general, and, and specifically your mother, your sisters, and eventually your wife. To, to say what Chris Brown said, don't be a bully. Yeah. Don't, don't use it against other people. Yeah. Like you, you are stronger and you need to act it. And if you know, you come across women that are stronger than you, that doesn't change what your responsibility is. You should be caring for the women uh, that you come in contact with. And that has to be something you talk about from when they're little. Like if you, if you're lucky enough to have a son followed by a daughter, that's a, like from that, there you go. Uh, From that day, you get this opportunity to teach that kid how to take care of a woman. And that's going to be his sister. And, uh, and that if, and if you don't, you know, I only have my son, uh, but I've tried to teach him since he was very young that his mom is more important than him. And I don't mean to me, I mean, literally. (laughs) So he has to serve her in ways that I'm not asking him to serve me. And, uh, and it's hard for him to hear. And it's been hard at different points because he's like, well, yeah, but mom did this thing wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, eh. Stop. Yeah, I heard. It somebody, doesn't matter. <laughs> I heard someone talk about this one time. I can't remember who it is. So if you know who it is, I'll gladly give them credit. But uh, they were talking about the, how everything has an economy in this world, and sex has an economy. Hmm. And so, as young men, if they're on screens earlier, uh, they're seeing these things earlier. 
And if they're introduced to pornography or anything like that, what happens is pornography is like an economy. And the more you see it, the more you devalue it. Yeah. The more you devalue a woman's body, even a ma- male's body, right? Mm. Everybody, this is no respecter of persons. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, you have now taken this thing and you've made a, per, uh, made a person into a commodity mm. and you've now devalued it. And so I don't know if this is what happened with Chris Hardwick or any of the people in the Me Too movement, but what happened ultimately is that their heart responded to another person's heart and they said, you're less than a person. I can use you. You're an object to be used and I'm going to treat you like an object yeah. and I own you. And that's what we have to teach our young men and we have to teach our young girls this too, everything. We have to teach people that people are made in the image of God. Nobody, you can't own anybody. Yeah. You don't own anybody. Right. And there is something beautiful called marriage that God ordained from the dawn of time that men and women would leave their father and mother, would cleave to one another and become one flesh. Yeah. And that was meant to be a man and a woman. One, one time, that was it. And you made a marriage covenant with each other. Yeah. Uh, and so that's what we have to teach our kids. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And you don't, uh, you don't abuse people. You don't bully people. You don't, none of this stuff. We have to, we have, all of this is a heart issue. We have to point them back to the scripture and say, here's the heart of God. The heart of God is for the motherless. I mean, for the, for the, the, the fatherless, the motherless, the widows and the orphans. We have to teach them that our heart needs to be after that. We have to seek after God's own heart. Uh, look at story of David. What is, what happens with David hmm. and Bathsheba? Uh, turn them to the to the the gr- to the gritty parts of the Bible where men abuse women in the Bible, and show them what happens. Yeah, right. Show them and, and look. Say this is against God's will. This is against God's heart. As believers, this is how we treat our brothers and our sisters. Um, you know, even non brothers and sisters. This is how we treat all people. Yeah, at, who are made in God's image. Right. Yep. And then when you get to the dating years, whatever that ends up being for your kids, understand that that's not the time to kind of back off on your Christian principles. If you do dating the way that the Bible would seem to indicate you should, you're going to be a weirdo and your kids are not going to like you. Yeah, you're going to be different. <laughs> so do uh, that. That's the whole point of being a Christian is you're cut off from the world. You're supposed to be a little different. You're living in the world. You're not of it. Yep. And you're going to look different and you have to look at your kids and go, I'm so sorry you disagree with me right now, but we're, we're Christians mm-hmm. and we're different. Yep. And I'm sorry if that makes us look different, but that's the way God intended it. Yep. And you're going to thank me one day. Yep. I truly believe that. The kids will one day think, because I'm looking back and I thank my parents for the things they told me no about. And there's right. no such thing as practicing to be married. You're only practicing to, <laughs> to be divorced because that relationship is not going to last. You're yeah. just practicing for divorce. All right, Don't so do that. We're going to end this uh, with some quick, some quick tips, some quick parenting tips. These are just from my own mind. Uh, I am a youth pastor, so I deal with a lot of parents and I talk with a lot of parents. And I deal with a lot of kids. So I have some insight into this yep. and I'm sure Jeremy can uh, respond as I'll well. I'll just listen and learn. Uh, yeah. So yeah, please soak up my wisdom. Sit at my feet as if I'm your rabbi. Turn your house slash office slash et cetera into a training camp. So here's what I mean by this. Uh, I put, I'd like to put scripture everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so I have, I have like seven Bibles and I keep one in my room and my office and my uh, bathroom. I, I keep them everywhere. And what it does, one, it teaches me, it trains me. Yeah. So I see it and I go, Oh, God's word. Right. I, th- I sit there now. Oh, I'm thinking about God. Okay. Now I'm thinking about God's word. Okay. What would God want me to do here? Right. So it's not like I'm wearing a, what would Jesus do bracelet? It's like, I'm literally looking at the Bible going, what would Jesus do? Okay. <laughs> um, Put a Bible in every room. Put scripture on your windows. When it, when it talks about write it on your doorpost, why, why do you think it literally says that? It's, it's talking about how forgetful we are. And the Bible is saying it's not just some cute little thing like, you know, oh, get a tattoo. That's not what it means. It means literally put it everywhere. Like surround your, make your house a fort of scripture, right? That's what I'm getting at. Um, find opportunities to pray. 
at home with your kids. Okay. We hear an ambulance go down the street or we're in the car and we go, Oh, let's pray. And our Thad, you know, our son Thad knows, know that it's time to pray for that person. Okay. So find opportunities to pray. Uh, the next thing here is what's your motivation here? So I did acting, uh, most of my life. And something funny we would say, we go, what's my motivation? You know, what's, what's my motivation here in this scene? Okay. Mm-hmm. And so as you think about parenting, uh, I want you to ask yourself that. Like, so imagine this situation. My, your son or your daughter walks in and goes, no. All right. I want you to stop and go, what's my motivation? Okay. Uh, do I want to just lay into this kid because they've just said no to me? How mm, dare they mm. break my laws? And without you even giving them an instruction. Exactly. No. Just, just no. Right. Or, is your motivation, okay, they said no here to whatever I said before. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, Jeremy. Okay, all right. Uh, my, whole, my whole outcome here, my desired outcome is that, we, that, I, that they would obey and that they would listen. Okay, so they're not actually rebelling against me. This is what, they, you know, this is what Paul Tripp says. He says they're actually rebelling against God's law yeah. that you're enforcing. Uh, so ask yourself, what's my desired outcome here? Do I, you know, my son won't eat his lunch. What, is, what do I want him to do? I want him to be fed, and I want him to eat when, I, when we have food, mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe I say, hey, buddy, you know, I really, it's time to eat here. And if you don't eat now, you won't get food later. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he doesn't get it. Obviously, he asks for a snack later, but he has to learn there's, con- there's no snack right. later. There's food now. Uh, so my desired outcome is for him to eat. Your kid's not going to waste away from one meal, right? It's okay. Yes. Right? Uh, why do I want them to do this? Ultimately, it's to glorify God, to come in awe of God. The next thing is, uh, how will this affect my child long term? So think long term, right? Uh, is, is my son getting A's, nonstop A's, only A's, you know, if he gets a B, is that the end of the world for this child long-term? Yeah. No, it's not. Okay. It really is not. Uh, and so it may be a thing like, Hey, Hey man, you know, uh, why let's work together at that. Why did you get a B? Like, what's the issue? And maybe, maybe there's outside circumstances. Maybe I'm, he's tired. Maybe they're exhausted. Maybe they're staying up too late, whatever. Yeah. What's the desired outcome. Okay. Is it to make you look great as a parent? Or is it to make the, your child valedictorian? What is it? Because none of that matters ultimately long yes. term. Right? Uh, the next thing is seek holiness, not happiness. You want your children to be holy first. Mm-hmm. And you do want them to be happy. But God ultimately desires my holiness. Yes. Uh, and if that means I need to be punished, that means I need to be punished. Right. To, for, in order for me to be holy, uh, that will make me happy ultimately. Mm-hmm. Right? U- ultimately, for a child of God, following the law of God is the most happy you can be. It's the most joyous yeah. you can be. Uh, the next thing is live different from the world. This is exactly what Jeremy was saying earlier. Uh, you're going to look different. If you're following God's will for your life, you're going to look different. Right. Because right off the bat, Chris Pratt didn't say, right off the bat, Chris Pratt didn't say Jesus because that was very calculated. Hmm. Right? It was very calculated. And living in this world, we know that the name of Jesus is extremely powerful and it carries weight. And anyone who proclaims the name of Jesus puts a target on their back. So part of what Chris Pratt did was not been not saying Jesus was not putting a target on his back. He, he could slide under the radar, right? Hmm. Now, whatever way you want to take that, whatever. Uh, but it was very intentional, very intentional. The next thing there is to live out your faith in front of your children. So ask for forgiveness. Yep. Okay. You will make mistakes. So ask for forgiveness. It's yep. okay. Uh, forgive others quickly in front of them. Yes. Um, tame your anger. My, my poor father's going to listen to this, but I remember one situation and this is so funny that I remember this. We were in the Lowe's parking lot and a trucker cut him off and my dad rolled down the window and yelled at this guy. <laughs> and I don't know if he may have said an obscenity or something, but he yelled at this guy and it, it's lodged in my mind that my father screamed at another man. Yeah. This was a huge moment in my life. Hmm. Now he doesn't know it. He's probably hearing this for the first time thinking about <laughs> this, but, but what you say in front of your kids has lasting 
consequences. Yep. Because now I think back to that moment, I go, why did my dad, what? My dad yelled at somebody, right? Uh, so tame your anger. Uh, I don't want my son to, you know, to, to see that. But if he does, then repent of it and say, man, that was bad what dad did. You know, that was bad what mom did, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one here is funny. Sing loudly. Now I say this because this is a, a wonderful thing my father did was my father has this booming, magnificent voice and he sings has a beautiful voice and he would sing so loud in church and mm. I was so embarrassed of him. And I go, dad, <laughs> quiet, shh, quiet, you know, and now I get in church and I like to sing loud and proud because I'm praising and, and now I look back and I'm so happy my father sang loudly because now I want to sing loud. Yep. Um, and he was teaching me something, whether I knew it or not, it was embarrassing, but he was teaching me, listen, I'm different here. I sing loudly because I'm praising yep. uh, my God, man. I, I, I love my dad. When I'm, my dad. Uh, when I'm not on the stage doing uh, music for our yeah. church, uh, I get to stand right in front of you and your wife. And I, so I get to hear your voices always combined sing. in praise of God together. And it's always great. Yeah. The next thing is pray openly, pray with your kids. Um, they need it. You need it. Yeah. Uh, pray, uh, love your spouse passionately. Um, part one, one of the biggest discipling things I can ever do is like Jeremy was saying is love my wife. Well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for my son, my son will see me loving my wife while protecting her, um, doing things for her. You know, I, I do the dishes. Why, why I'm doing them? Cause so mom doesn't have to do them. Yeah. You know, why are you doing this daddy? Why, why, why? So your mother who's worked her tail off all day, doesn't have to do one more stupid thing that I've made a mess about. Right. right. Um, so love her passionately. Uh, and this is not just doing dishes. It's not just, this is asking her how her day is. This is praying for her. This is saying, um, what can I do outside of what I normally do to, to make your day easier to yeah. me? And you right. can't pull that off genuinely. If you just wait for moments for your kids to see it. Yeah. Like you got to love that woman, uh, or for the wives that listen to this. Yeah. That man. Yeah. The way I think about this, and this is, this is a, a great tip for both men and women is I always think what does sinful Heath want to do right now? Hmm. So if she says, Hey, would you do the dishes? Or I see the dishes there. I go, what does sinful Heath want to do? Well, obviously not do the dishes. Hmm. I want to go sit down and on my butt and not do anything. Get some screens then I, going. Then I do the exact opposite of what Simple Heath wanted to do. And it's almost like a kick in the teeth to that guy. Like, yeah. you know, forget you, dude. Like, you stink. You want to go, you know. And then it teaches me something about my own heart. Hmm. Uh, so do the opposite of whatever sinful you want to do. Play that out and see how that works. That is wise. Okay? It is wise. I have learned. Yeah. Uh, and last thing, repent often and ask for God's grace. So that's, that's our whole uh, spiel on parenting. Repent. Go to the Lord. Um, if you are actively seeking God, if you're after his heart, man, uh, I want to say it's all going to fall in place. Parenting is, a, it's work. Oh yeah. It's a heroic act if yeah. done right. And so, uh, you know, take, go see the Incredibles with your kids and talk about this stuff. Like say, man, you know, what, if your kids are older, where am I screwing up? Mm-hmm. What can I do better? Like ask. Like you're yeah, not, they'll tell you, you haven't mastered it. Oh, they'll <laughs> love to tell you. They'll say, where's my list? Let me pull out my scroll that I've written on. Um, anyways, thanks so much for listening to the Nerd Gospel Podcast. If you are not aware of us, we are part of a SORP, a society a SORP. of reformed podcasters. SORP, that's yes. how I remember it. Yeah. And we have this amazing thing called the Mega Feed. Mega Feed. And if you go to iTunes or internet and you type in Society of Reformed Podcasters, you'll find the Mega Feed. You can subscribe to that. We're on there. A bunch of other podcasts are on there. I'm not going to go through the list. It would take me like it's 30 minutes. too long now. It's too long now. <laughs> I'd leave somebody out. I'd feel bad about it. I'd get called out later. Yeah. Anyways, but go the- check it out. It's awesome. Those guys are incredible. Absolutely incredible. And the best one is Fast God Stuff. This yeah. is payment in advance for the jingle. That's so thank right. you. You Space owe us a Force. jingle now. Space Force. Space Force jingle. Uh, get on that immediately. Anyways, thanks so much for listening. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.